Warning. This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. I say, I am Emperor. You're listening to The Emperor and the Emperor's Court. It's a celebration of mediocrity. All this energy calling me. Back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids. Going Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Jumping Jean Jean and Moody James Dean. From the shores of Lake Erie to the banks of the Cuyahoga, live from the war room here in Cleveland, Ohio, or at least live for me and recorded for you, this is the Emperor's Court here on AlfGeekRadio.com. I am your host, the Emperor, and joined through by no one, as this is a pre-recorded show. Uh, as we approach the Memorial Day weekend, I wanted to get this out there for your listening pleasure, as I'm sure many of you, especially non-Americans, will have nothing to do but listen to the melody of my voice. Um, what's been going on since we've been gone, or I've been gone? The Cavaliers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, have reached the NBA Finals for the third season in a row. And for the third season in a row, we'll face off against the Golden State Warriors, California. As you can imagine, there's quite a deal of anticipation over this rubber match here in Cleveland. The Cavaliers come back from a historic 3-1 deficit to win it all last year over the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors having beaten the Cavaliers in 2015, uh, four games to two, uh, after the Cavaliers had been entered the uh, finals down three of their star players. So at least for now, both sides are coming in uh, at full strength. Everybody's healthy. Obviously, the Warriors haven't picked up Kevin Durant in the offseason. He's a former MVP, so the Vegas odds are very much in the Warriors' favor, as they were last season. And as sad as that is, it's kind of par for the course, really, when you get right down to it. Um, I don't like it. I don't think anybody else likes it, but that's the reality in which we live in. Um, I'm just finding all this stuff on my carpet and all these black spots. I have no idea where they're coming from. It looks like ink. I wonder if my daughter blew up an ink pen and neglected to say anything about it. Um, having said that, ladies and gentlemen, we have some articles to get to, some things to get to. Uh, the World of Warcraft division is picked up again. Uh, now that Scrub Hubbing and a bunch of his raid, retail raid buddies have made the transfer over. So we're giving that another go. Uh, they're actually leveling with quite a bit of uh, veracity. Uh, good for them. If you are interested in joining us, we are on the Elysium server. That is the uh, free-to-play server. Uh, we're giving it a go, at least until Blizzard decides to release legacy servers, which may come never. But until that time, this is where we've made our home. 
is the original retail version, the original vanilla version of World of Warcraft that came out back all those years ago, and I think 2004. Obviously, there's been some updates. I think we're up around 2006 now as far as patching goes with the game, uh, with, I believe, Alterac Valley and that whole patch coming in sometime in the month of June. So look for it. Expect us. Uh, work has kept me pretty busy. I've been getting things done around the house quite a bit as the weather is starting to get a little better. Um, it was funny because there was a pseudo fight kind of going on between Mystic Mim and Lulu for most of the last week and a half. They bought about a hundred dollars worth of flowers that they um, spent an entire weekend planting in the front yard, uh, and it looked very nice. But I forget—I don't know if it's annuals or perennials or whatever. But they only last for a few weeks, then they die out, and then they bloom the next season. And Mystic Mim had hoped that they would actually have a second bloom, which does happen on occasion here in, in the Midwest, as you go from cold weather to warm weather, you know, in a matter of days. But she came home one day and saw that all of the plants had been removed. Basically what she thought was that they'd been trimmed down, and she thought that Lulu had did it, which means she cut off down all the flowers, cut off all the stems, all the way down to the bulb. And that's apparently what you do at the end of the season. And then they grow back the next year. And she was aggravated because Lulu didn't say anything about it. And, you know, Lulu will do things like this on occasion. If she sees something that she believes needs doing, she does it. So Mystic Mim was kind of holding a grudge because it's all these flowers and she didn't get to enjoy them as much as she wanted. And they she thought they were cut down. I mentioned this to Lulu a couple days later because nothing had come of it. And there was a... A tension growing here as there was no apparent answer as to what happened or why. And of course, Lulu, not one to lie, was saying, I, I didn't do anything. I, I didn't trim anything. I didn't cut anything down. Don't know what the hell you're talking about. So, what would you know? A few nights ago, we find uh, some very large four-legged interlopers in our yard munching on some of the things I just planted in the backyard. And on further inspection of the front, you will notice, if you were here, and I didn't take pictures because I just don't give a shit, um, that it wasn't just the stem, but the bulb itself that had been actually taken out of the ground. There's like a divot in the ground where all these flowers, each individual flower had been. Turns out, it was deer. Fucking deer. Because we have, there's a wooded area that we live by, and, and we've always had deer in the area as long as I've lived around here and can as far back as I can remember. So wouldn't you know, we had some deer walking along, and they decided to stop by and eat the hell out of all of our plants. This, of course, was uh, reinforced last night as I was taking a break from our WoW adventures and had stepped outside into my deck to enjoy an incoming storm. And I hear some rustling back in the weeds and back in the bushes at the back part of my property. So I go back in the house, and I have floodlights that I have on the deck and that I have on the overhang of the deck. So I flip them on, and wouldn't you know, there's two huge deer in my backyard caught in the act of munching on some bushes I had. Motherfucker. So what are you doing?
I believe I dropped my microphone, so... Alright, don't worry about it. I will take care of that in post-production. You probably won't even notice the glitch where I was talking and then stopped and there was dead air and then realized I've been talking for like five minutes and none of it was recorded because I had pulled out the microphone. <laughs> um, Complete lost track of what I was doing. Oh, that's right, the deer. So I go on the deck and I see the deer and I'm screaming at the deer. I'm yelling at them and I say, you know... Uh, and I'm literally yelling and like, hey, which one is ate my flowers? Of course, it's just like one o'clock in the morning. I'm saying stupid stuff, yelling at the deer, saying which one ate my flowers? Was it you? Was it this one? First one that talks gets away. You know, I'm going to get my friend who's a deer hunter, yada, yada, yada. So they look at me because the crazy man that I am. And they turn around and they walk out the back, back through the uh, backyard and out into the, because we have this, this, uh, uh, water run on like a runoff, like a ditch or something, way, 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 way in the back, um, beyond my backyard that separates us between the houses across the way, and they kind of follow that like a deer trail, and they go into the woods uh, down the way, which is because there's one house next to us, and there's this creek, and then there's you know a giant patch of trees and forest and all that, and that's I'm sure where they hang out because that's where you know deer go. So they kind of walked off and. But I think, I am confident that my fist shaking and get off my lawn antics, I'm sure I got through their brains, and they know enough not to come back into my yard and eat my expensive flowers and bushes. Fucking deer. <laughs> so there's that. Um, what else we got on the tap today? You know what? I have really nothing planned for this upcoming weekend, this this holiday weekend. It is Memorial Day for us. Um, and I had nothing planned because the weather is supposed to be so crappy. It has rained here for three days straight with rain for the next three days upcoming. So we had like half of a day of no rain. Then thunderstorms, more rain, more rain, more rain. It's like, fuck. So the entire weekend's pretty much been washed out. Uh, I have a, a family party to attend on Sunday. Uh, nothing else is really going on. That's pretty much it. It's been uneventful. I've had very little time to really invest in games. Uh, Scrub and I have been continuing on. Actually, we have a new campaign for Warhammer that we've been working on where he has decided to take the Beastmen, uh, which, as the name implies, are a bunch of cow and goat-type monster people uh, who run around in herds. They're a nomadic group, so there's no base building or anything. You just go around and lay waste everything. I, of course, am playing the Wood Elves because I wanted something different. And wouldn't you know, it works out pretty well. Although they are blood enemies, it's kind of fun because he goes and lays waste to things. I walk in behind him and uh, pretty much clear out whatever he doesn't. So I just sprayed all kinds of stuff. Because Lulu's down here. She's like, why is the floor wet? Well, there's all these stains and there's more stains than there was. And I can't figure out where the hell they're coming from. Is it from the chair? Because those stains have been there before I ever bought the chair. Yeah, but it's it's where you... Because right here is where the chair is. Usually I'm off... Yeah, see, I'm off to the... So what, is it from the wheels? It's from the wheels. we got to get a mat or something, then. Yeah, you should have had a mat before you ever... The problem is, I, I well, I, I probably should have had a mat. Shut up. I should have... You done? Maybe. I should have had a mat. This coming from the person who's too busy to actually do the show and I was going to mock me on my own while I'm doing the recording. 
actually I got on my glasses. Thanks. You're welcome. Mm. I, I I used to have a mat. But shut yeah, up. No, no. You know what? Maybe I do have a speech impediment. Now you're making me feel bad, and you're you're ridiculing me. Uh, hear that, everybody? Lulu is a bigot. She is an intolerant bitch. I'm not. I tolerate you. Clearly not. Hey. I used to have a mat, but it was five, five years. years. That's yeah, right. It's, it's a lot of tolerance. You want that time. really? Who's living with who? You want to talk about tolerance? Yeah. Yeah, I put up with you your and your family. Oh, no, I was just re- relating the story about how my wife likes you a lot less because you were ripping out her flowers in the front. I was not me. Well, as we found out deer. later, it wasn't. It was the deer, and I caught them in the act last night. Why the hell would she think I was the one? I planted those son of a bitches. Why would she think I could? Because sometimes you do weird things. You're like, oh, you know what? Those need to be chopped down and, and whatever. The tip-off was that there was a giant divot in the ground where the bulb used to be, and they ate it out. And a hoof print. It, well, okay, well, I didn't see any hoof prints. <laughs> and those could have been yours, prints. for all I know. But I don't have a mat because it doesn't go back far enough. And I like to roll and kind of move around, and I hate it and when I roll out the back of it, and well, I can't... And that's why you always break your chairs. I don't chairs. break my... That's not why the chairs break. Yes, it is. And chairs break because people jump on them, and, and the cat jumps on the back of it. And No, it's because but, you do... What I I move a lot, I. You know this is radio, and they can't see you flopping around like some kind of uh, yes, epileptic but, fit. But you can, and that's exactly what you no, do. You're... No, I don't. It's not. Maybe it is that bad. I don't know. There's no one here when I'm working to tell me, "Hey, stop it is fidgeting." That bad. Okay. You know what? You try sitting here for six hours, seven hours in a row without moving and without doing anything and not shifting around. I get fidgety. It gets boring. I have the same time. There, okay, that's right. And guess what? My you get people, you at an office, you have people to interact with, you get to get up and walk around. Don't you have to walk to the bank all the time to make Once deposits? A Once a day. For how long? How long does it take you round trip? 20 minutes. Okay, there you go. There are days where I get out of my chair at the end of my shift. For eight hours, I have not moved or more. So you, you pee in your backpack? Sometimes I don't pee at all. Although you, with the amount of water I drink, at the end it's like you know the dam's about to burst. I'm pretty sure that you pee in the sink. Uh, that's disgusting, and no, I don't. <laughs> oh. Just because a man can use the entire world as his bathroom does not mean that they do. <laughs> I'm not about to defile my own utility sink because I can't quite make it up to the bathroom upstairs, in the hopes I can race over to finish that last case. <laughs> Anyways, so we have articles. We have some good ones, too. Okay. Now, this is really neat. Um, What? Yeah. (laughs) From the Independent, Japanese theme park offers fight with bad guy service so guests can impress their dates. That's kind of cool. Because who doesn't love it when their date resorts to physical violence? Only in Japan. A Japanese theme park is offering its guests the chance to show off to their dates and friends by winning in a fake fight against pretend bad guys. Did you people hear the chair creaking around? It's this is the old crappy chair that's like eight years old. This it chair sounds like your back. Two years old. No, this chair's no. That's the one we broke and threw out. This is the one that's been around. For, this is the one. Remember, you were complaining that you didn't have a good chair because your back was hurting. Yeah. So I went and bought the other chair so you could have this one. 
and then you broke the new one. I didn't break shit. Somebody else did, and I no one's come forward right. with it either. Mm-hmm. It was even broken a day I wasn't here. Uh-huh. Hirakata Park in Osaka invites visitors to hire actors to start a fight with them as they walk around the attraction, from which they emerge as the victor, which they suggest is attractive. It's an, attra- it's an attractive attraction? Why is it that you just aren't using the microphone? I'm using my headset and mic because it was easier to plug in since I'm still having Sam and Coder problems. I could have had another headset for you, but like, no, there's nothing to do. It's not a good day. A video promoting the service shows a man and a woman strolling through a Hirakata Park when two men wearing bomber jackets and sunglasses grab her by the shoulder. Look, this is no different than here on the beach in the United States where some huge tough guy would... Just kick sand on something. Right, you'd pay him like 20 bucks ahead of time to start a fight and you'd you know, hit him and he'd you know, run away. Her partner then pretend punches one of the guys, causing the bad guys to flee in fear. The show lasts around 10 minutes, according to the website, but doesn't run if it's, in, if it's raining. To make sure the staging runs without fault, guests must attend a training session to learn how to fake punch. Customers are also reminded not to accidentally tell their dates about the surprise or forget the agreed meeting place to ensure the plan has maximum impact, according to Kotaku. If gratuitous violence isn't how you like to show off your masculinity, Hirakata Park offers other packages where guests defuse a fake bomb, swap bodies with a stranger, or offer their blood to someone who urgently needs a transfusion. Open in 1910, Hirakata Park is the oldest amusement park in Japan. Apparently we missed that when we were bombing. (laughs) So don't explain why they seem to have run out of normal ideas. Whatever. I mean, Cedar Point's been around since the 1880s. 1870s. It's still, you know, the best amusement park in the world. There's no fake... Only if you like roller coasters. Who doesn't? You. I don't like roller coasters because I don't like heights. You, because you're a pussy. That has everything to do with it. It It does. I jumped out of an airplane, not pussy. You got pushed out of an airplane, is the difference. Yes, you did. I saw the video. Nicole pushed you out. Nicole did not. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go. I don't want to splatter across the landscape. No, I was excited to do it, and I wanted to do it again. No, you're not doing it again. Mm -mm. Why not? Because there's a moratorium on it. And that works two ways. Uh, no, I'm not. But there's too much money wrapped in you that you owe me to come back and, hey, can you identify this splatter mark? Yeah, it kind of looks like her. Hope her death benefits pay off. They don't? All right, then. Anyways, there's a video here that shows this these two Japanese guys who I would probably be able to beat up in real life without much of a problem. Walking up, and of course, then they're picking on this really nerdy guy, and of course his girlfriend, and she's all impressed because he fake punches one of them, and they run off screaming. It's hard to tell because, you know, the Japanese, when they yell, it all sounds kind of the same. They always sound angry. Yeah, they do, which is weird for such a small people. Passive. Huh? Passive. They're not passive. They are now, but that kind of goes against 2,000 years of history. Stop that. Checking. I, I look. It, it's a novel idea. It's actually kind of funny. Um, what I do? If it's posted like well, this, how come the guy's girl doesn't under, doesn't know it? 
You're telling me that this is a big secret? Well, no. They're, I'm sure at this point... Well, no, they're advertising it. So, of course, it's not a big secret. But they're I don't know if you're... Because, draw. you know what? There's a lot of shit that goes on in the world that people aren't necessarily aware of or aren't clued in on. Not to mention, it may not be serious. It may just be a funny thing. To them, this is an amusement. So, like, oh, remember that time you faked that, you fake punched that guy? Remember we did that thing? Or you defused a bomb? I mean, come on. If somebody jumps in the ground to defuse a bomb, are you really going to assume the guy... Maybe it's a first date. You have no idea if this guy works the bomb squad. He just hops down and starts, cut the red wire! You know, and next thing you know, defuse the bomb. And you can get away with that in Japan. They don't have terror attacks like the rest of the world because they don't let anybody into their country. (laughs) Do that in Manchester, see what happens. Too soon. No, not too soon. That's my point. You can't do that everywhere. Defusing a bomb. Besides, those aren't bombs you can defuse. They're suicide jackets. Feel free to drink it. I only drink about half of it. Best root beer I've ever had. Serenic root beer. This hour brought to you by not Serenic root beer. I wonder if they would sponsor. Probably not. Corporate sponsors over the years have had an interest in doing it especially once they get our numbers. The problem is the content of the show and the way it's delivered make a lot of them shy. Well, okay, look. Howard Stern can get away with this because Howard Stern... Is huge. Right, but he came into satellite radio and all that uncensored FCC nonsense. He came into that with tens of millions of listeners. I can't do that. I can't even say I have one tens of millions of listeners. I can't even say I have one-tenth of tens of millions of listeners. But if we ever get that far, there might be somebody willing to take that shot. Like, yeah, you know what? All right. For a million bucks or a million downloads, we can probably we can probably put an advertisement on there and just deal with the fact you people, you know, call others fuck sticks and what have you. You have odd politics, things like that. I don't know. It, 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 for an amusement park, it's kind of, it's fun. It's interesting. It's different. It's I kind of like it. It's what? Amusing. Well, you know, they're probably not going to be able to hear anything you say since the microphone's facing my face and not yours. You can keep talking, just talk louder. As hard okay. as Yeah, like when you laugh and everybody can hear you within... <laughs> exactly. See, that I'm sure came over without a problem because they can hear you everywhere. There is that. See, it, it, it's actually... Yeah. yeah, there you go. So I saw this and I had to grab it. I'm like, oh, this is a great... This, this is a great story. Or you can give a blunt transfusion. I mean, what, how do they? How would you even know? Like, hey, you look like you're a negative. Go ahead and keep yeah, exactly. your blood. And let's just do it right here on the main. Fairway. Well, you know what? I take it back. Most people in Japan do know their blood type because I believe. You know what? I, I, this is a shot in the dark because I'm not entirely sure this is correct. But I believe that it has something to do with your horoscope or when you were born or the type of person you are. So most people in Japan, I think probably know what their blood type is. Who asks an American? We don't have a clue. A-negative. I have no idea. Wow, really A-negative? I just pulled it out of thin air. All right. I have no idea what I am. Couldn't begin to tell you. But leave it to the Japanese. Asking one's blood type is common in Japan, and See? people are often surprised when a non-Japanese does not know their own blood type. Right. Now, why? Uh, Again, assuming that they actually can hear you, and I don't know they can. 
Go ahead and talk. I got it's it. It's not like I'm going to get up in your face and kiss you. No, this is as far as you're going to go. Your breath is terrible, by the way. I was having... Um, Don't care the excuse. You have dragon breath. Just... French onion dip. Oh, well, that explains it. <clears throat> Many Japanese people believe that each blood type has a certain personality and affinity, so it is common for them to ask someone their blood type or try to guess someone's blood type by their personality. Okay, so who's, what does an A negative mean? If it's, it has to do with affinity, then what is A negative? General personality of people who have type A blood. They Check. consider things Go ahead. carefully. Maybe I should read it since I have the microphone. All right, where is this thing? All right. General personality of people who have type A blood. Consider things carefully. Can understand other people's feelings easily. Kind. This is like a horoscope. Good at hospitality. Don't express themselves in order to avoid possible quarrel. Do things carefully and steadily and don't take the next step if they are not satisfied. Hmm. Honor student types who don't go off the rail. Not you. Fastidious. Big on cleanliness, as everybody in Japan. Can be calm even when accidents happen. Not you. Strong on taking personalities, responsibility. Hard workers, safe drivers, not you. Type, what? I'm sorry, raise your hand if you're the one who got pulled over for going over 120 miles an hour down the side of a mountain. I was not going over. You were 120, I saw the ticket. I was in the car when that happened. I was not going And then you're like unbuttoning your shirt because you're going to try and whore your way out of it. It was a female cop. That was hilarious. It can if you're going down the side of the Appalachians. And you were. I've got witnesses. Miriam was in the car too. I was not going over. But you did unbutton your shirt, and you're going to try and whore your way out of that thing. You told me to. I did not. T- did I tell you to? Yes, you did. Not when it's a female cop. I didn't. We all got a good laugh at that. All right. Type A blood people's affinity with each other, which each blood type. Partner who is type A. This is exactly like a horoscope. Right. They have That's many common points, however, both of them are highly strung and may be irritated by each other. A partner who is type B. A type A person envies type B's happy-go-lucky personality. A partner who is type AB. Type AB people are reliable for type A. Someone they can turn to for good advice and help. They have a stable love relationship. Partner who is type O. Type O person is protective of type A. However, if type A talks about every small thing, the relationship won't be good. Hear that? Nobody likes a chatty Cathy. That goes for all women. I should tell you that. That... They should tell you that in prep school or whatever it is you guys go through. You know what? This is a recent thing. Life is is to make the man feel good. Well, if maybe if you'd taken that philosophy, you'd still be married. Maybe. Uh huh. That's right. Thank you. You know, here's the thing. This, when it comes to different kinds of blood person or blood types, this is a recent development in human history. It's only in the last hundred years or so that you've been able to tell what a blood type is, like A, B, etc. Two hundred. Is it two hundred years? Uh, I'm not done. We're going to look that up next. As people race to their own Google to find out ahead of the show. Don't do that, folks. We'll all get there together. It's a general personality of people we who are type B. We have gotten there sooner because this is a taped show. Huh. Except right now they're go- oh, okay, but Pardon. from the perspective of the person who's listening, this is all happening in real time for them. Not the fact that we did this hours or days ago when they get around to the show. Again, if you were going to come down here and do this, we could have set up the other microphone instead of I, you just shouting at me. You said come down here. Uh, and why did I say that? I That's right. Gen- I can keep an eye on you when you're down here. General personality people who have type B blood. Can't do that when you're sleeping upstairs because that's just creepy and I got other things to do. Uh, 
like to get their own way. This sounds like you. Do what they want without considering other people's feelings, rules, and customs. Are you sure you're not type B? That's you. Happy-go-lucky and masters of breaking rules. That's That's you. you. Optimistic. Friendly and open with their heart to anybody. No pretentious. All right, maybe not. Afraid of being alone. Get lonely easily. Quick to adapt. Flexible thinkers. Okay, this isn't you. Pragmatists. Don't chase a dream much. Like to play. Love festivals and parties. Have been loved many times. Don't get heartbroken over lost love. They've been in love many times, but they don't seem to care if they get a, a breakup. Nah, who gets a fuck? <laughs> All right. There's another one coming down the pipe. That's right. There's more type A's where I've been or whatever. Um, type A person as a partner. Always willing to help B. Often complains to type B. Partner who is B. Both of them are not careful, so they may do things that are off the rail. I like that term, huh? Uh, partner was A.B. They attract each other and may quickly start a relationship. Partner was Type O. They can understand each other easily. Type O's person covers for Type B person's bad points. Good match for friendship. People who are A.B. A.B. They, is very rare. Is it? I thought O is the rare. No. O positive, o positive. is rare. O negative is rare. O negative yeah. is the universal. I forgot I'm taking this advice room. The kid's dad is O neg. That's how I know I'm negative. Well, maybe he's a badass then. No. Mm-hmm. Chase ideals and dreams. These are AB people. Chases ideals and dreams. Don't have secular needs such as greed and desire to succeed. They have strong spirituality, calm and rational. That sounds like me. <laughs> Sensitive and easily hurt. They have a complicated personality. Private life is important. Don't like interference from others. Have various hobbies, vigorous in pursuit of knowledge in a wide range of fields, are bookworms, well hung, very athletic. This this oh, is like, right there. Okay, now keep in mind, for Japan, that's like three inches. But the point it's is, phone. it's your phone, it's right here. It's, <laughs> you keep pulling. That's because you're trying to take it from me so I can't continue the description. You're mad that I'm giving you a, a, a biography of my life. Well. All right, well, we're moving on other things to talk about now. What was it that you wanted when to was at? blood type discovered? You know, you just like pissed off all the people who were type O because now they're never going to know what they are. They were discovered in 1900. Suck it, you bitch. How dare you challenge my knowledge on anything. Find out which one of those types is often wrong about stupid things like knowledge. You know what? I'm sure there's some kind of... of, of Paul, you can look at to see which type of blood is horrible at Jeopardy, because that's you. I am good at Jeopardy. At pop culture. If it's a pop culture question, uh, you have no equal. You live and breathe pop culture, even if it's like from 60 years ago. The 1700s. They didn't have fucking microscopes then, or barely. The reason that I... Are you kidding me? White supremacy. Yes, that's our next one. White supremacy. It wouldn't be a show without some kind of racism. Although I think we, I feel like we've covered that already, the racism part. But we're going to make sure. Why is progressive field trending on Cleveland's trends? It makes me nervous. Now oh, there's the rally squirrel. That was out last night. Oh, that's right. They're in va- uh, Robinson Statue Day. I got a real problem with that, too. Not for the guy. It's just the fact that he's already got a statue out in Boston. He shouldn't have a statue Why here, do we too. Need one here? 
Right. Uh, it, there's other people more deserving. Well, I, okay, Frank Robinson's a pretty good guy, but, huh? He wasn't an Indian, was he? Frank Robinson? Yeah, he was an Indian. Frank Robinson was, yes. I think you're thinking of Jackie Robinson. Yeah. No, he was not an Indian. He was a Dodger. And he broke the color barrier, although he only did it a month before our very own right. Cleveland Indians' Larry Dolby did it for the uh, American League. And he does have a statue, and he is in the Hall of Fame. From Heat, Heat, uh, HeatStreet.com, are fidget spinners the newest symbol of white supremacy? Considering we just got your son one? Yes, well, I, exactly why I pulled this up. Uh, we just Actually, my daughter has one too now. They both have one. Because it's all the thing, and I'm we tired of hearing about it. To yeah. Grocery you went to grocery shopping, yeah, and you, they had them in there. Not just had them at every check at every checkout line. They had easily ten different colors, styles, whatever at every check-in line. There is a giant there kiosk. Wasn't any candy bars, right? There wasn't gum. There wasn't anything. There was a fidget okay. Spinners. So they've gotten rid of candy and they put on fidget spinners. Yes. Uh, well, that's burning more calories than they would be eating, so maybe that's a net benefit. But there's a kiosk in the mall now who is selling all kinds of different fidget spinners. The problem is no one will go up to it. And I heard a couple kids that was nearby okay. because it's this Muslim chick who's, like, working there, and she got a, just a nasty look on her face, like, all hit her with an ugly stick, man, and, and nobody <laughs> wants to go near her because she just snaps at all the kids. Get away. Don't touch it. It's like, well, that's how are they going to fucking buy a spinner if you can't touch it? I don't like it. I hate this fad. It's annoying as piss. I've yet to see anybody under the age of 30 that has one. If you are over the age of 30 and you have one, you kill yourself. You're an embarrassment. To your generation, to your family, to your friends, to everybody. Fidget spinners are this year's hottest toy trend. It's a little top that spins in a child's hand. <laughs> child's hand. To distract them from the harsh realities of the cruel, uncaring world around them. And already this Tickle Me Elmo tear toy trend is getting super political because you can't have nice things in the world without getting everything political. Rebecca Mead at The New Yorker called the fidget spinner the embodiment of Trump-era values. And now we go to her article at The New Yorker. This is now her. If you are not a parent of a middle school-aged child, do not commute to work on public transportation, avoid the lifestyle section of the newspaper... Why would that matter? And refrain from watching all television news. It is just about possible that you have yet to be exposed to the fidget spinner. Not quite a toy, not exactly a gadget, nor precisely a therapeutic device, and yet somehow infuriatingly all of those things at once. A fidget spinner is a palm-sized, usually three-pronged object made from plastic or metal, or a combination of which, designed to be spun between finger and thumb. The fidget spinner has been touted as helpful for kids with ADHD or on the autism spectrum. And it's not uncommon for educators and therapists to recommend recommend hand-sized toys, like squishy balls, to keep them occupied. But the current explosion of popularity in fidget spinners extends well beyond children with a diagnosis, as those teachers nationwide, nay, internationally, who have been banning them from their classrooms could surely attest they become a universally desirable accessory for tween-age students. They function in their seductive tactility, tacitility, tactility, whatever, like cigarettes for kids who are still young enough to find smoking completely disgusting. All right, so where does this become fascist? 
This marks a significant revolution or de-evolution, if you prefer, in the cultural status of fid- the cultural status of fidgeting at the very top. Is there a cultural status for fidgeting? Because if so, I am your God. I don't want to sign up for your stuff, New Yorker. Like the irritating Ms. Bennett and Pride and Pet. What? Lately, however, fidgeting has been reconsidered and found by some scientists to be a useful activity. Last year, researchers at the University of Missouri published a study indicating that blood circulation in the legs of a sedentary person was significantly improved if she periodically tapped her foot. Of course, it has to be a her. Uh, the time that was floating her invention, different craze, the Tamagotchi. More recent fads compare favorably in the cognitive demand department to the fidget spinner, too. Uh, fidget spinners, on the other hand, are masquerading as a helpful contribution to the common... We- All right. Will it be dismissed as an overreaction, as pearl clutching, as the kids on the internet like to say, to discern in the contemporary popularity of the fidget spinner evidence of cultural decline? In my day, we just picked at our cuticles. Kids today are spoiled rotten. Saw one wag on Urban Baby, the parenting site, capture that impulse. Yeah, that sounds like it's probably a legitimate post, not a troll at all. No. Perhaps, and yet the rise of the fidget spinner at its at this political moment, cries out for interpretation. No, it, it doesn't. It's just a goddamn fad, like everything else that comes along. Like the fucking Pet Rock was a fad. The Pet Rock didn't come out and say, oh, this is, communism is a movement, because of the Pet Rock. You have to take care of the Pet Rocks. All the rocks are equal, and uh, rocks of the world unite. You know, No. The fidget spinner, it could be argued. No, it can't but we're going to make that attempt, is the perfect toy for the age of Trump. Unlike the Tamagotchi, it does not encourage its owner to take anyone else's feelings or needs into account. Rather, it enables and even encourages the setting of one's own interests above everyone else's. It induces solipism, selfishness, and outright rudeness. It does not, as the Rubik's Cube does, reward higher-level intellection. Intel... Until I said that right. <laughs> How does the Rubik's Cube, by the way, offer me a reward for, you know, there's not like a little voice like, you've completed the Rubik's Cube. Do you know what I used to do to make the Rubik's Cube work? No, I'm sure you're going to tell me. What would you do, peel off the stickers and put them on I the right order? popped it all apart. You popped it all apart and put it back together? Yeah. All right, so you did the Captain Kirk thing. You cheated. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, well done. You beat the comic. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Sarah just told me she just texted. I'm only here till tomorrow. What the fuck? You're supposed to be here all weekend. She never got around to telling me. Kept, oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. We'll get together. We'll do. We'll nothing. Hey, I'm only here till tomorrow. Guess what? I'm not here tomorrow. Yeah, we've got family. Up yes. Wow. It does not. Okay. Uh, rather, it encourages the abdication of thoughts and promotes a proliferation of mindlessness. And it does so at a historical moment when the president has proved himself to be pathologically prone to distraction and incapable of formulating a coherent idea. What? Considering the amount of legislation that he has passed, either through executive action or through repeal of Obamacare, the fact that they're moving on a great many of the things he promised, uh, 
sorry, on the verbal dick slapping he gave the NATO uh, nations a couple days ago, I'm going to have to disagree with you. But hey, you keep trying to cram in Rebecca Mead of The New Yorker. Is it any surprise that, given the topsy-turvy world in which we now live, spinning one's wheels, formerly the very definition of a fruitless, frustrating activity that is best avoided, has been recast as a, divest, as a, a diverting re- recreation well, you really and embraced by a mass audience. Last week at the House voted to overturn the Affordable Health Care Act. That's funny. I guess we couldn't you know, get a coherent thought together. But somehow we could do that. Millions of parents of children with special needs, those for whom the fidget spinner might arguably have a legitimate use, began to worry once again about the children becoming uninsured. Except the fact that repealing it has nothing to do with that. But we're going to shove it in there anyways. It just goes on and on and on. I I, I got to tell you. This is a little snowflake. Hmm? That's a little snowflake. Th- this is... Rebecca Mead, M-E-A-D, should you wish to write a letter to her. Joined the New Yorker as a staff writer in 1997. She is the author of My Life in Middlemarch. Now, I'm not sure, because I don't go to the New Yorker ever, because it, its politics do not jive with mine, and its head-in-the-sand or head-in-the-clouds kind of opinion never works with me. Subscribe to New Yorker for a dollar a week and get a free tote bag. That tells you all you need to know. It will cost them more to print and ship that than it would for you to buy it. My point is this, is that once again they're trying to shoehorn something into an anti-Trump narrative that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. So apparently now, if you are a fidget spinner, you are somehow a Trump supporter and a Nazi in the making. Uh, right, I thought it was something to keep bored people busy instead of getting on their phones every 30 seconds. See, it's not getting people to do something they weren't already. It's simply replacing what they were doing, well, which is mindless fidgeting. He was playing with that versus... Right, he was playing, playing with that versus the iPad. iPad. The difference is he's four. And, and it, one, I know, it's three minutes later, he was on the ground, he was off to something else because he's four. four. All right, so now back to Heat Street. Quote, all right, so they're basically quoting what this bitch just said. Oh, pardon me. Where she talks about the Tamagotchi and the Rubik's Cube. Uh, and Ian Bogust of The Atlantic, another ultra-left-wing rag, wrote 2,000 words of bullshit about the selfishness of the spinners as opposed to na- uh, traditional tops. I'm not going to go into it. But the fidget spinner could mean something even worse than Trump-era values and libertarian principles. The fidget may be a symbol of white supremacy. (laughs) Yep, the evidence is piling up and there are clues everywhere. For instance, the spinner that kind of looks like a swastika. Yeah, I guess. That it's like that is because that it... This fidget spinner actually is a swastika. We've got to play the video now because now I've got to see it. All right, you can't hear it, but they're playing like a Nazi march in the background. Oh, it actually has the SS lightning bolts on. Okay, oh, that's, that's nice. nice. It gets worse. Notice anything suspicious in this picture. The man in front with the bursting waistline is a white nationalist leader named Richard Spencer. But look at his entourage, the guy in the white polo behind him. This is a picture. Okay. You zoom in, and they're zooming in even more. <laughs> and they've kind of superimposed a picture of a spinner over his pocket. 
just as I thought. The white supremacist is carrying a fidget spinner. Now the folks of 4chan and the uh, politics subreddit, or subsection, are trying to make the fidget spinner into a symbol of hate. This comes after a successful campaign to turn Pepe, Milk, the OK sign, and Asuka from Neon Genesis, Asuka, sorry, from Neon Genesis Evangelion into symbols of white supremacy in the eyes of the media. <laughs> Asuka? Asuka into... A symbol of white supremacy. <laughs> How? 4chan inventing hate symbols faster than liberals can get offended by them. They're not. They're just taking some... Asuka is a, a red-headed German national. I know. She, oh, you've seen Evangelion, so okay. Because she's German, and she's, uh, she hates everybody, so maybe that's it. It's only a matter of time until the rest of the media picks up on the story and fidget spinners will be banned from college campuses faster than Ann Coulter in a sombrero. (laughs) 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 Are fidget spinners racist? Yes, probably, but I need more evidence. Uh, (laughs) I'm not taking that ball. (laughs) That's pretty good. All right, one more. You know what? Uh, I do have one thing, uh, speaking of justice, uh, I do have a uh, You've Been Told by Octail. So another article, then we'll do Octails. Uh, the SiliconBeat.com lawsuit described... Well, hang on. I, I I think we've not explored the depths of this. If we had the full panel, I think we'd get more out of it. What? Fidget spinners I think we need to as a, a symbol of white supremacy. Well, I do, and I think maybe to combat that, we need to have like more diverse fidget spinners, like a ba- like a black fidget spinner. It doesn't really spin, but it's just like black and twice as large as all the other ones. Or I don't know, maybe a, a what about a yellow one, like a yellow fidget spinner that spins in three directions instead of one. It's kind of smaller than everybody else, but it you know it's much more complicated. No. Or a red one that's very lazy. A red one that a red one that's lazy. I don't know. Lazy? Yes. I don't remember hearing that one. Okay. Well, then obviously you've never lived in New Mexico. No, I, I have not. No, I have not. We had three different kinds of Th- time. Oh, three different kinds of time. Oh, okay. We had... You know we're going to get hate mail for this one, right? We had white people time. White people time, time, which is on time. Okay, got it. We had Hispanic time. Hispanic time, which is you still take time for everybody else. Okay. An hour late. And then we had Indian time, which is... Whenever they felt like it? Whenever they felt Okay, so Indian time is whenever they feel like it. Got it. Interesting. Well, you know, 250 years ago, we gave them smallpox blankets. Well, I mean, nobody actually did, except like two merchants who were not part of the federal program, and they were just assholes, and sold used blankets they got from China and didn't realize they had smallpox. They were just cheap. But hey, let's not get in the way of a good narrative. What about a like a, a like a Latino spinner? I, I mean, it's it's it, it doesn't look any different. It's just somebody else's spinner. You just happen to acquire it. And, and the, the girls' spinners paint their eyebrows on. Okay, have we covered everybody now? Have we have we insulted every nationality that we can think of? Assuming that the white one, the normal one, is already a white supremacist fuck shit, so we knew that going in. <laughs> Have we now? Have we that's now leveled? The, right. Well, I'm not going to argue the fact that it's a bunch of you know skinheads, you know, spinning their things. We have to go shave mixed heads when we're done here. <laughs> According to these articles, the New Yorker does not lie. <laughs> okay, I think we covered all the bases. All right. So hopefully we've now pissed off everybody. Oh. It wouldn't be a show if, if anybody walked away happy. 
Lawsuit describes VR startup office kink room parties rife with sexual impropriety. Where do I apply? Prostitutes at a work party. An office... What the hell is a kink room? Yeah, I'll look this up. I understand what the what the word used to mean, but these days I can't... All right. What, what is this? Oh, it's, it's, it's toys. Uh... Oh, okay. So this is like a Fifty Shades of Grey sex dungeon. Yeah, that's that's what you've always wanted. That's what I've always wanted. No, I said I wanted the women to fill up such a type a dungeon. I don't have that. I also have to share my future dungeon with you that lives here. So that kind of you know puts a cramp on all of it. Why? Who's the crusty old lady in the corner? Ah, ignore. She's just watching. Crusty old lady. What? You're an old crone. I'm forty six. I thank you for reinforcing my opinion. Forty-six. Don't get mad at me because your bandbox has cobwebs in it. You don't get pissy at me. Prostitutes at a work party, an office kink room, internal emails discussing an executive's STD test. <laughs> wow. I yeah, I know. Those were the conditions at San Francisco. San Francisco. We can end the article right here. The San Francisco-based virtual reality startup Upload VR, according to a lawsuit filed against the company by a former employee. Elizabeth Scott, who worked for Upload VR as a director of digital and social media until March, says her former employers created a sexually charged boys' club culture, excluded her. Oh, that's why. She's pissed because they didn't invite her into the sex dungeon. She probably looks like a pig. And other women from meetings and important emails enforce them to perform menial tasks like cleaning the office refrigerator. Well, wow, that's weird because we always do. We always clean the refrigerator at my at, uh, and I got to help do it at my office. Okay. Um, yeah, I have to help clean out my office refrigerator at work on occasion. It's usually whoever they can nab who happens to be nearby. So I, I've done menial tasks. I guess I should sue. The atmosphere and work environment at Upload VR, this is a quote, uh, was marked by rampant sexual behavior and focus, creating an unbearable environment for plaintiff and other female employees. Now, wait a minute. They're a VR... I feel like this should be a trade of injustice. They're a VR company. How do they know they're simply not recording everything to try and make into a virtual reality world later? Because porn drives a lot of industries. No reason to think this would be any different. Defendants purposefully and expressly created a boys' club environment at work focused on sex and degrading women, including female employees. TechCrunch reported the lawsuit on Monday. Upload co-founders Will Mason and Taylor Freeman denied the allegations and defended the company's culture in a written statement. Quote, she's a bitch. End quote. <laughs> no, it's not, the, the, your eyes got really huge. What? That's what they said? Really? Quote, what we want to express is that our employees are our greatest asset, clearly. And the sole reason for the success of this company, 
We are committed to creating a positive community in VR and AR, as well as within our community culture, and will work to further develop that mission in the future. We are confident that the true nature of how we treat our employees and how we operate as leaders will shine through this unfortunate situation and confirm that these allegations are entirely without merit. The company, which off, which has offices in San Francisco and Marina del Rey, offers virtual reality-focused training. That's in L.A. It's in L.A. Co-working space and events and news. The lawsuit claims employees, including co-founder and President Mason, discussed sex at the office in front of their female co-workers on a daily basis, including talking about their sexual exploits in graphic detail. The complaint describes male employees commenting on women's bodies and talking about masturbation and arousal while at the office. Efforts to secure, quote, submissive Asian women for a business trip and an upload VR executive's STD status were topics of office emails, according to Scott. Well, how would she know if she was being excluded from those emails? Freeman told Scott that she couldn't be used for marketing purposes because she was, quote, too big, according to the complaint. Told her she was a fatty. (laughs) I could just see the emails being written now. Sexual conduct at work events was common and even encouraged, Scott Scott claims. Upload VR employees uh, set up a kink room in the office, according to the complaint. Okay, now wait a minute. This begins to take on a whole different aspect. If there's only men who are involved in all the discussions and the parties and all that... How is she party to any of them? Well, it's not just that. If there's a kink room being set up by the guys and it's only for the guys, and it's in San Francisco, she might be barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, really and the reason is. she's being excluded is because she's, she's fat. Because she just not might be gay. Male employee used that room to have sexual intercourse, which was disruptive and inappropriate. Often, underwear and kind of wrappers could be found in the room. Wow. So she's a homophobe. That's what this comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. She is, in fact, the bigot. Wow. See? It started off one way, clearly ending in another. During a conference in Los Angeles, which Scott was required to attend, she says of upload VR employees invited prostitutes and strippers to a party at a house the company rented in the area. At another conference in San Jose... Upload VR employees hosted a party that was, quote, rife with sexual impropriety, according to the complaint. All this is telling me is that they're writing the script for Wolf of Wall Street Part 2. Scott also claims she and her female co-workers were treated differently from the men in the office. She says she was isolated at work, excluded from work lunches and meetings, and left off important emails, like the setting up the kink room, trying to get you know, submissive Asian women for their flights, probably to give them drinks and things. This isolation and exclusion meant that plaintiff did not know what was going on in the office and missed out on opportunities. There's a lot of code words in there. Instead, Scott says she and other women were required to clean the kitchen, organize the refrigerator, and clean up after parties. Scott says she was fired after complaining about the harassment she endured at work. Her last day was March 15th. I gotta tell you, I don't see anything wrong with this. I mean, we've all seen Mad Men, which, if I remember correctly, was a critically acclaimed show on AMC, which is practically the same thing. Am I wrong? Was it not critically acclaimed? Yes. Was it not extremely popular? Yes. Was Christina Hendricks not on the show? Yes. Fine. Then clearly, society is okay with these things going on. 
the fact that there might have been some some uh, some homosexual overtures here or overtones going on with what's happening in the story sounds to me like she's very much a bigot. She didn't like being excluded because she's a female and they're only into dudes. And ever said they were female strippers and prostitutes they brought in, did it? Never once. The only thing they ever mentioned women was submissive Asian women on a flight. Probably to use as flight attendants. Because they're polite. That's the goal. Oh, the Prince Imperial has joined us. Apparently awake from his nap. You're up early, and he's got his fidget spinner in his hand. Come here, my little Nazi. How are you? Put your hand down. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We got to work on your goose stepping, son. What's goose stepping? It's a kind of. Never mind. Michael, come here. He doesn't even know. I don't know. I don't want to walk like a goose. No, you don't. (laughs) Okay. Uh, we have news, or we have an email I want to get to. Um, <laughs> God. All right, hang on. Where is it? Not, it was a rhetorical question. I wasn't asking to actually point out where the heck the email thing was. What the hell happened to my emails? Michael, come here. Come here. The prince, I think, is still Very asleep. Funny. All right, here we go. The post office delivered your hate mail to the house again. Anything worth looking at? No, just the usual death threats, letter bombs, and human feces. You always make it sound worse than it is. How do you know it's human feces? All right, so we got an email worth reading instead of the normal stuff you guys send me. If you're still tired, why aren't you going back to sleep? I'm sweaty, You're sweaty? Well, then you kick off the blankets. You've got a fan in there. Is your mother awake? Yes, I heard her. Oh, okay. All right, email. Hey, Emp. Always a good start. Ooh, you are gross. (laughs) Someone needs a shower? All right. I've been pretty busy the last while, so I only just listened to your O'Reilly patron video. That was an audio. In light of recent news with the death of Roger Ailes, I think Fox is likely to go downhill from here. But I'm not that worried about it. All cable TV is not long for this world. Fox, CNN, MSNBC, etc. all have quite old audiences, and they simply are not attracting a younger audience. As a millennial myself, I don't even... Okay, then your opinion no longer matters. I don't even own a TV and get all my news online. Generation Z, roughly 18 and younger, is even less interested in traditional media and is actually looking to be way more conservative than millennials. That's true from everything I've read. Actually, my son's generation, by the looks of it, will be more conservative. If he's that sweaty, why are you wrapping him in a blanket? He's saying he's freezing. And that, well, it's colder in the basement. Yeah, so he's, all, he's damp. Wow, you're, you're all over the place, Mick. He's gross. The interesting thing is that online news is not dominated by the large news companies. What? Yeah, he does. He's like that. Ring around the collar every time he wakes up. Because he buries himself in blankets. The interesting thing is that online news is not only is not dominated by the large news companies. Alternative news sources on both sides, such as Huffington Post and Breitbart, are huge, as well as YouTube commentators like the Young Turks and Stephen Crowder. True on both counts. What does he want? Well, in a few minutes, I'm almost done. In the long run, this is a good thing for the right, since the mainstream media is universally leftist. We saw, except, and I'm going to stop you right there, Paul. The problem is that. 
when you've got groups like Twitter and Facebook who are actively now censoring, blocking, and removing people with a right or right-leaning viewpoint from their websites, which are the biggest disseminators of news, that's not the case anymore. What you're basically doing is is you're fine-tuning it where the control of the narrative and news is now being held by an even smaller group of people. And I believe Zuckerberg is what? Is either has said or has very heavily hinted he's running for office. He will not be running as a conservative in any way, shape, or form. All right. We saw this in a big way in the last election when a lot of information about Hillary that the mainstream media stonewalled was revealed by Internet journalists. Fair point. Hopefully Fox will hang in there so that older audiences still have something. But the Internet is definitely the way of the future. Just my two cents, crypto-conservative. I don't necessarily disagree, and that's one of the nice things about the Internet is that there is no FCC regulation. There's no you know, overbearing uh, company or group of companies that can decide the narrative. However, back to my point a minute ago, where you have Twitter and Facebook, two of the big ones, who are you know, very much labeling stuff as fake news and having stuff filtered out and people not being allowed to post things. Uh, that most certainly is a is a possibility and is happening. You know, Milo being just an example of somebody, a, a conservative guy who was thrown off of Twitter because they didn't like his viewpoints. The fact that Zuckerberg has come out several times and has actually been caught red-handed in um, uh, making sure that certain news stories and what have you didn't make it on there onto Facebook or that people are being censored or having their posts deleted Sometimes in, quote, mysterious ways. YouTube doesn't allow you to post anything even remotely conservative these days without having the once over. You know, Steve, even Steven Crowder has had problems with that. If you're, uh, if they use certain words or, you know, buzzwords or viewpoints or something that they don't agree with, it's censored, removed. This is not news. This was a huge controversy months ago, and it still continues. And that's the problem you have to keep an eye on. And that's why I'm against net neutrality, and I understand you know, Trump's going to try and push that forward to try and, and have that change where it's regulated by whomever or allows you know, different companies to throttle. What they go down to, it, from the argument now is the viewpoint that a business can decide or charge you differently based on, on who you use to stream whatever, Netflix or, or uh, Amazon or what have you. My concern is that you, that somehow that dovetails or has a slippery slope and eventually allows someone to control the message or what kind of content goes out over their provider. You don't want Cox Communications telling me what I can or cannot say, what websites are can or cannot use, etc. Because then we're no better than China. And that's a slippery slope that I'm afraid we head down. Leave the internet alone. Boils and all. It is not a good place. It's not a nice place. I understand that. But it is a free place and should be kept that way. All right. Uh, now from that over to Octale and You've Been Told. You've Been Told is a short-form commentary segment for the Emperor's Court, written and produced by Octale. Check me out on Twitter, at the Octale. Anciently, the skillful warrior first made themselves invincible and awaited the enemy's moment of vulnerability. Invincibility depends on oneself, the enemy's vulnerability on him. It follows that those skilled in war can make themselves invincible, but cannot cause an enemy to be certainly vulnerable. Therefore, 
it is said that one may know how to win, but cannot necessarily do so. Sun Tzu, The Art of War, Chapter 4, Dispositions. And it's a particularly poignant quote today because I'm going to be talking about why any candidate who espouses the Justice Democrats platform is DOA as a candidate and why the platform itself is DOA uh, as a as a political platform. Now, this is part two of the two-parter that I did on the Justice Democrats. You can find part one where I go over the platform in total, and I'm not going to rehash any of that. What I am going to do is I am going to take two pieces of the Justice Democrats platform and explain why it, it, why it doesn't work. And the two parts of that platform are the $15 minimum wage with raises tied directly to inflation and the idea of free universal college for everybody. So uh, the first thing we really need to talk about is the fact that the government, when they calculate inflation, is always wrong and always low. So the real rate of inflation is always higher than whatever it is that the government calculates because the government uses some formula. It's not updated as often as it should be. And the idea is if there's an inflation rate that's slightly lower, then the economy appears to be in better shape than it's in. Where you get up into the 8, 9, 10% rates of inflation like we're seeing now in certain sectors, uh, then it looks like the economy is starting to go bad and we can't have that. So, um, the raises that you will get under this government-calculated raise every year in your MIC job it will always be low, and therefore you will always lose buying power year over year because you'll never get above what the government-controlled inflation rate is. Or government-calculated inflation rate, excuse me. So, free universal college for everyone. That makes the demand for a college education infinite. And this is just basic economics. When demand goes up, prices go up. So that college education that you were paying, say, $175,000 for and having to borrow to pay for now costs $400,000, but it doesn't matter because it's all paid for by the government. With this new financial windfall, the university uh, universities can hire a much bigger bureaucracy and thus, value is taken out of the economy because bureaucrats provide nothing of value. So, what this plan does is it shifts what's already been shifting in this country over the last 50 years, shifting away from an economy based on making things and shifting it toward an economy of services and valuelessness. So money just gets dumped in and exactly nothing comes out. Now, you're going to ask me what the Justice Democrats platform should be if they want to win. And I will tell you. The manifesto should read as follows. We acknowledge that not everybody needs a four-year educa college education. Not everybody has the aptitude nor the work ethic to complete that degree program in a degree that provides value to the either greater society or to the business community at large. We also recognize the fact that anybody willing to work full-time full -time in the United States deserve a job that provides them the dignity uh, that comes with full-time work regardless of the kind of job it is. 
Therefore, we are going to make it so prohibitively expensive to make things outside the United States that American manufacturers will have no choice but to bring manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. Period. There it is. You can win on that. You can't win on, hi there, we're going to send you to college, and if you decide that you don't want to major in women's studies or sociology, then you're going to have a $15 an hour job that will get a raise every year tied directly to inflation to serve women's studies majors coffee. Isn't that great? Isn't that exciting? Not only is it not exciting, it's a losing it is a losing scenario and philosophy. And I can't I can't state this enough. You are going to pause it right there. I disagree with him on this fair on, on this main point. I'm going to only get this out there and we'll continue with it. No, that is not a losing philosophy if you, are, if you are the Democrats. You can win on that. If you are able, not just promise, but you are able to deliver free college and then a guaranteed job, even at $15 an hour, tied to inflation, to anyone and everyone, you have locked up a significant vote of the people who are 25 and younger in this country and coming up because they don't want to pay loans. They want to get a college degree because that's what they've been told they require and are needed. And if it doesn't pan out, they can still get a $15 an hour job. Now, granted, the economics of that aren't sustainable and won't work for a variety of reasons. I get that. But from a voting standpoint, it most certainly is possible for the Democrats to offer that kind of thing and actually uh, get something out of it. Most certainly can. All right, now back to the, to the audio. Cannot tell working class people in this country that they are worthless because they are not your platform if you want to provide something different to the strategy that has been losing for the last 20 years thereabouts and has placed your political party in the weakest position it has been in since 1864 you have to appeal to blue collar working people you have no choice anymore. And by the way, you are an eyelash away of being too late to that dance, but it appears like Donald Trump doesn't have the courage to follow through on, on his populist policies, so you have the opening. Find your courage and take it. I want to talk about the other reason why the Justice Democrats and their platform are DOA. There's a video on the Secular Talk channel that just came out in the last couple of days criticizing a political a Politico article that said that Democrats in the South are worried about the fact that the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrat Party is going to subject potential candidates to a, quote, ideological purity test. And if you're a Democrat, that should scare the hell out of you. Because you should be winning on policy, not on ideology. And the point that got made in the video itself... Sorry, I'm going to pause it again. The problem is one leads the other. You have to have the ideology to form your policy. You're not going to just come out of, out of thin air and say, all right, here's the policy. We're going to give abortions to everybody who wants them. Ideologically, I'm against them. No, no, no. One drives the other. Whatever the ideology might be is usually what helps to craft your beliefs and your policy. Bernie Sanders now is a part of that. 
Bernie Sanders believed that you should have free education and and that we should tax the rich until that they are you know have nothing left of their own to try and pay for it, as if somehow that is either fair or sustainable. No, one leads the other. I understand why the South is worried, and they should be, because ideologically, a lot of those people aren't going to be able to pass the, the uh, smell test. A lot of them won't be. And what you're going to see is a fracturing, a splintering of the party, which, for the Democrats, probably needs to happen. Self that I, that I will say one positive thing about is, is the idea that a lot of the policy positions that the Justice Democrats talk about appear to be fairly popular among the people at large. But beyond that, there's nothing positive about subjecting people to an ideological purity test. Think about that for a second. You have SJWs that work for the Young Turks. And the Young Turks help run the Justice Democrats, or help, help, they helped found the Justice Democrats at, at the very minimum. So what's going to be part of that ideological purity test? Oh, if you think somebody should have to do more than put Shania Twain in their iPod before they perv out on your mom, your sister, your daughter, then you're a transphobe, and you have to be able to state that publicly. If you really want to know what's in the 30,000 deleted emails uh, on Hillary Clinton's private server, that means you're a sexist. If you think single motherhood is a significant contributing factor to both economic and social problems in society, and you're willing to acknowledge that single motherhood amongst the black community has risen by a factor of three and a half since the signing of the Civil Rights Act in 1964, that means you're a racist. That's the kind of ideological purity we're going to be talking about. And, oh yeah, uh, you have to espouse some of the socialist parts of the Justice Democrats platform. But really all we care about is the identity politics anyway. So, to sum this up, the reason why the Justice Democrats are DOA is twofold. Number one, they have no idea who their friends would be if they had the courage to espouse the right kind of platform, which is blue-collar working-class people. Number two, they have no idea who the enemies are. And the enemies are the identity politics-obsessed, Elizabeth Warren-worshipping ideologues out there that the very first thing that they will do in any election cycle will trot out the the 21-cent wage gap, which is really 1.6 cents, and the 1 in 4 college sex assault statistic from which 95% of the respondents who said they were assaulted used or abused alcohol or drugs in some way. So, just to be ready, the Justice Democrats, as far as I'm concerned, are dead, and they haven't even gotten started yet. We'll see what happens, but uh, I wouldn't place a lot of faith in them. My name is Octail, and you've been told. Let's go back to Emperor and the rest of the Emperor's Court. Uh, now that it's with a lot of what he said, however, I, I believe that Octail is missing one final, one key point. At least he's not wrong when he says that the social uh, justice Democrats, SJWs, the hashtag crusaders, need to try and go back to the blue collar works and, br- and bring them in. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. And the reason why is they don't believe they need them, especially at this last election cycle. Folks, if you are a Democrat over the age of 35, Okay, this last election should have been a a real eye-opener to you. 
not just in the way that people like you are now leaning, but with all the elections in the past 30 years, it's been taken for granted that you were going to vote for a Democrat because you were led to believe that somehow they would back the unions, they would back the American worker. You are no longer the bread and butter of the Democratic Party. You are no longer needed, and in many cases, you are no longer wanted. Because by and large, you are a Rust Belt, Midwest, Plain States kind of person, probably white, probably in some kind of menial labor job. They don't need you. You're an auto worker. You're a miner. You're a pipe fitter. You're a a carpenter, whatever the case may be. Chances are you're white, and therefore you're a person on Grata right now. What they are banking on, what they are trying to build upon, are the minorities of this country in trying to flood as many of them into here as possible. See illegal immigration. That is the path they see to victory. That is the path they see to sustainable victory from here and for all time. The blue-collar workers in the United States are very much a, a um, endangered species as far as they're concerned. And that's what, what you want, or that's what they want. They're not interested in the, white collar, in the blue-collar worker. They're not. At least not the white blue-collar worker. They want the illegal immigrants. They want people like that. They want the minorities. That's who they're going after. And that is who they're telling, hey, either stick with us or the evil white conservative is going to remove you, kill you, take from your stuff, rape your women, not give you college, etc. Take away your health care, etc. And the prince is now back. What is up, Prince Imperial? Would I put that blanket? Yes, I will put that blanket on you. You just walk back down the steps. There you go. I see you got my Swedish fish. Are they tasty? Sure. Sure? All right. Fidget spinner in one hand, Swedish fish in the other. So do you like the uh, fidget spinner there, Mick? Yeah. Yeah? My mom gave it. I know your mom gave it to you. Well, you had to earn it because you, you didn't just get it handed to you. Well, she handed it to you. She gave it to you because you were good. You had five good days at school. The Prince Imperial has just uh, graduated uh, uh, preschool, by the way. He'll be starting kindergarten in the fall. What's that? You want to go to the video games? No. You have to have a full week. And that is not what you had to go to the video game store, which is what he calls the arcade. All right, so we got to wrap this thing up here. Hey, Dad, are you what? Like this? Oh, see, so you dropped it. Okay. Don't call him that. It was fun when he couldn't hear us, but now that he's here, let's not call him an announcer or anything like that. It's kind of fun enough. That's been there for months. It is, too. Prove it. There's no way you did. No, that was a couple nights ago. And they've been there for a week. Possibly longer. Alright, folks. I hope you enjoyed our, our uh, white supremacist picture spinners. Uh, what we learned today is that you can go to a, a Japanese uh, uh, inter- or, sorry, amusement park, 
punch at a guy in a fake fight to impress your girlfriend. Uh, apparently, if you work for Upload VR in San Francisco, you can get into their kink room. And uh, apparently, if you have a, a fidget spinner, you are a white supremacist. Which, I wonder how that works, considering if a lot of people who have them aren't white. Um, and blood types. Yes, we learn about blood types. That's always important, I guess. If you're Japanese. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as always, uh, our thank you to uh, Gnomewise, the owner-proprietor of uh, AlphaGeekRay.com. Our thanks to uh, Scrub Puppy for keeping our Facebook uh, page fresh, fun, and interesting. Uh, my thanks to you, the listener. If it was not for you tuning in, we wouldn't be doing this. My thanks to our patrons, whose uh, hard-earned money is what keeps the show on the air. As always, we appreciate them. As you heard Crypto Conservative commenting on one of the shows I did recently uh, for our patrons. If you are interested in getting in on it, if you'd like to give your harder money to the uh, betterment of the show, uh, you have uh, access to many different uh, kinds of shows and uploads that I have there for people to go ahead and, and uh, listen and enjoy. For as little as a dollar gets you through the door to get you some extra content. The more money you provide, the more money or so the more material you get. Alright, I think that pretty much gets it. Uh, join us on Facebook and on Twitter at Emperor's Court. You can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Patreon.com, we are the Emperor's Court. Sign up, give us your money. Alright, folks. Uh, enjoy your holiday weekend if you're here in the States. If you're not, sucks for you. Go enjoy working on Monday. I will be sitting home, sleeping in. Alright, folks, bad manners are better than no manners at all. Have a good night, everybody. So long.